people. Oh, they drive you mad. My favourite movie is Castaway, and I often fantasise about being by myself for a long, long time, but I know it'll only last two days. Connection. Two studies and a true story. This is Rocks. Thanks for listening. My name's Mark Bunting, and pretty much like a little rock, you can use it for something you might need now. You can throw it away, you can put it in your pocket and store it for later. This little podcast is just a little simple rock. It's all about connection. Yeah, we love being by ourselves, don't we? We just love that time. But after a little while, we start to go a little bit cray-cray and we need people. It's never quite right, is it? You know, we went through lockdown with our nearest and dearest, and those of us who actually quite enjoyed the first lockdown um, had people shock. We got a bit sick of the community, and I think this is where New Zealand is at the moment. But we're a bit sick of each other because we've been by ourselves and in isolation, and now we're with each other, and we're all trying to <clears throat> find our new thing with people, our new groove. And that'll take time, but we will get there. But you cannot do without engagement. Two studies and a true story. We'll start with the story, shall we? All right, this is a true story, and it's embarrassing. Do we need people, or do we need to be alone? Many, many years ago, I needed to get away. I decided I'm going to rewrite my life plan. I'm going to rewrite my radio show. I'm going to plan so far ahead. I'm just going to write, 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 write. going to get by myself in a beautiful place and write. Now, I was lucky at the time, we had a a family batch, a wee family holiday home, which was near a beach. It was up on a hill, and it was wonderful. And it was stormy weather, stormy, stormy weather. And you'd sit in this house, and you'd look out the window, and the waves would be crashing, and the wind would be blowing. And so you'd sort of huddle up in the bedroom, and you'd bring the TV into the bedroom, and you'd eat breakfast and burritos in bed. And, yeah, you, you did that sort of stuff you did by yourself. Well, sure enough, after about two days of this, I started to go mad, and I needed to see people. And so I got out. First thing in the morning, I got out, and I took the little ferry across the uh, across the bay to a little town called Fidianga. And I decided I was going to talk to everybody I could see, because I hadn't talked to anyone in two days. And so I talked to a man walking down the street, and he kind of looked at me oddly, but I figured, well, he didn't know me. I went into the bakery, and I talked to the people in the bakery. I talked to the people in the library, quietly. I talked to the people uh, emptying the rubbish bins. I went and found the local radio station, and went. I had a big, long conversation with him, and everyone was kind of looking at me as if I was kind of mad, and I figured, well, hey, I've been in isolation for a while. I just need to talk to people. And I talked, and I talked, and I talked, and I listened, and I enjoyed, and I, I shared time, and I connected with people. And they all sort of thought I was a little bit odd, but that was that, and I went home, my cup was full until I saw the mirror and I didn't realise and I hadn't checked but I had burritos all over my face that had been there for a day I looked like flipping Homer Simpson never ever ever again so yes we try to keep alone and we try to get with people when it suits us but connection is more than just an Ubuntu thing. Ubuntu is the African theory that, hey, look, you know, even though you may be my enemy, when you walk into my place injured, I will fix you so you can get out for the goodness of uh, community, for the, for the benefit of mankind, and we may fight another day when you're healthy, but we will look after you. Okay, That's what Ubuntu is. It's a community sense, as it were. Yep, there's that. But there's a far more physiological and sociological reason that we need addiction. And here's the first of these two studies. This is a cool one. This is from a guy called Professor Bruce Alexander. And what they were doing up until the 70s is they were testing rats. 
and testing drug addiction on rats. And so they'd put a rat into a little box and they'd have two bottles of water. And one of the waters had was just fresh water and the other one had either cocaine or heroin in it. And naturally, as you'd expect, the little rat would drink the drug-induced water, get a big high and get addicted to it and would be stuck on it. Well, this guy, Bruce Alexander, came along and said, look, um, you know, um, this isn't actually right. I see your theory of addiction, and your theory of addiction is either left-wing, that is, this stuff takes you over, and uh, and, and it's evil, and, and you get addicted to it, or the right-wing saying you've got no control, and you should just really do the right thing. But actually, have you thought about this? We're putting these rats in empty cages. This addiction has nothing, or they, they have nothing to do so let's try this a bit differently. So they built this little rat park, and they built a wee rat city, a wee rat town, as it were. It was like a, a rat nirvana. There were lots of other little rats around the place, male and female rats, so they could do their little ratty things at night time and daytime and all over the place. They had little rat games, little balls, little houses, little things to climb in. And yes, they also had two bottles of water. One was fresh, and one had the drugs. Well, wouldn't you know it, they hardly touched the one with the drugs in it. They didn't really like it. They didn't really need it. None of them overdosed. None of them used in a way that looked like compulsion or addiction. So what this guy Bruce Alexander did was showed that it's not your morality, it's not your brain, but it's your cage. Addiction is largely an adaption to your environment. Tony Robbins was talking about it and he says, you know, the reason people smoke, the reason people drink, the reason people, you know, you go home and have a glass of wine at the end of a day or you have a smoke in the middle of the day or you might uh, smoke a doobie or whatever it is, it's to get out of your current state and you get addicted to being out of that current state. That's what it's about. So changing your current state is the antidote to addiction. Yeah, we've created society where Heaps of us can't bear to be present in our lives without something to intervene, without a drug to take, without a thing to buy, without a course to take. Happy is the new skinny. Have you noticed that? We've created this hyper-consumerist, hyper-individualist, isolated world that is for many of us more like that first cage than the bonded connection of cages we need. So the antidote... Right? Or the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. It's connection. Love it or hate it, it's connection. Another lady by the name of Laura Vandekam. Now, she is the author of this book called Tranquility by Tuesday, Nine Ways to Calm the Chaos and Make Time for What Matters. She studied a whole bunch of people with burnout. Now, naturally, if you're, if you're burned out, you are prescribed a holiday. Take a rest. Get away. Be by yourself. Change your pace. Well, she thought, hang on a minute. Could we try something else? And as counterintuitive as it seems, adding energizing activities to your schedule might just make life feel more doable. Yes, put stuff stuff on top. So what she did is she studied 140 different busy, busy people for a book she was working on. And at the beginning of the project, they spoke of feeling exhausted and tapped out. She quotes, life feels very chaotic, chaotic with many different balls in the air, one person told me. My work to-do list is never ending, another one said. Someone else said, uh, I, uh, I need a few more hours in each day to have time to manage my family and my life. Sound a bit like you? So what she did what she did is over nine weeks, instead of asking them to scale things back or draw stricter boundaries between work and life, we all hear about that, don't we? 
What she did was she added stuff. She had them build in regular physical activity to the day. Don't stop anything, but just do this as well. She had them make some more time for little adventures. When it came to leisure activities, they had to put effortful stuff in before effortless stuff. In other words, they had to go and do stuff rather than sit and relax. And it worked. Over nine weeks, they started to feel that their schedules were brimming with the activities they'd actually actively chosen, and they could really look forward to this stuff. And as a result, time felt more abundant. Yeah, they actually felt like they uh, had more time. They were doing exactly the same amount of stuff as they had been doing beforehand. But it was pretty much the opposite of quiet quitting. Uh, quitting. Their increased energy and their engagement spilled over to all areas of their life and their work became far more high quality as well. So it's all about, again, doing stuff with other people. Connection is abundance. So that's rocks. Couple of quick lessons in that one, eh? Instead of pulling back when you're feeling burned out, try adding to. And if you find yourself needing things to prop yourself up, be it goods and services, be it a glass of wine at the end of the day, or worse, then try and change the rest of your life rather than changing that part of your life. Change it to something that brings you more connection. That's my theory, and I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Thanks for listening to Rock Save. If you want to check out my website, it's markbunting.co.nz, or if you're in America, .co.nz. Thanks for listening. It's been great to have you here. This has been Rocks. Rocks.